We're back. My name is Brian Beckner. I am super stoked you are joining us. I'm trying to write down a thought I had, but I'm also talking into the microphone and it's not working because the words I'm saying are confusing the words I'm writing. So I end up writing the words I'm saying instead of the words I'm writing. But now I'm back. You have my full attention. Uh, Episode number 300 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. That's right. We've been doing this shit like six years. That's crazy. And also so dumb because it's like literally giving giving us nothing. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a podcast in like a couple years. I'd like, I had realistic expectations. I'm like, this thing's going to blow up in a couple years. Now, here we are better part of more than half a decade in and it's just like kind of the same um which is fine it's still fun to do and we still love uh doing it for you and hearing from you guys um episode 300 it's fucking christmas time and um there's a lot of christmas shit going on and we wanted to do a little christmas themed episode i am joined now as i am each and every week by mr ed daly ed what's up uh Happy holidays, Brian. Oh, right. Sorry, because people people get mad when you say Merry Christmas, except no one gets mad when you yeah. say Merry Christmas. Nobody gives a fuck if you say Merry Christmas. No one's ever gotten mad about it. If you said Merry Christmas to my father-in-law, who actually had move around Europe during the Holocaust, yeah. he still would have been like, all right, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Like nobody cares. Who gives a shit? If you say happy Kwanzaa to me, I'm not going to be like, excuse me. That's not the holiday I celebrate. What? Get the fuck out of here. I know it's, it sounds terrible, but I've, I've never known anyone to celebrate Kwanzaa. Me either. The guy that in, I've I've known black people and I've, you know, I try not to ask everyone, every black person I know, but I do ask some and they're like Christmas. Right. Kwanzaa was, in fact, created by a professor at my college, Cal State Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. I do know from, I think it was like the Sesame Street episode where they like kind of explain the holidays to the kids. They're very derivative. Instead of a menorah, they have like a canora. And instead of seven candles, they have nine. Or, you know, it's like. It's, it's it's a little bit like they kind of it feels even though all religion is this it feels like they're making it up as they went along is it is it similar to um jesus christ the messiah being born of a virgin birth around the winter solstice like um like 25 other religions much older than christianity is it anything is it similar to that at all <laughs> yeah more or less. Oh, because uh, I don't think people realize that there's they don't have the market cornered on virgin births around the winter solstice. That's all I'm saying. It's look it up. It's happened before. And you know what? So before before we move on to the show, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I saw like a high school team as the Crusaders. Yeah. I was thinking, you know what? No, that it. might be more problematic than Redskins. Those yeah. are the Crusader. Are we? Are we proud of the Crusaders? No, that's a terrible time. No, the Crusaders. The Crusaders. The Crusaders. Those are terrible people. They were fucking doing horrible murders, and don't even get me going on the Inquisition. Oh yeah, the, in- the Inquisition would do some shit to you. Yeah. Um. 
Speaking of inquisitive people, it's Ed Daly and I, we're sitting here talking and it's, we're, we're, um, omitting another member of the broadcast team that joins us tonight. And it's, but the thing is, it probably won't sound that different for the rest of the show. Cause he's, he'll really pick and choose his spots. He picks to the spots. He's got a thing. He's, he's written something down that he has fucking holstered and he's going to break it out at a moment. And he's going to want a lot of reaction for the one he'll be mad when he doesn't get it right he's for the one, maybe two things. He'll be like, I'm back. And then we won't react. And then he'll spend weeks. He'll send us like 30 texts right? about it. That aren't I'm back that they're like, they have the word back in them, but they're not. I'm back. Right. Um, we are joined now and we're happy. I'm, I love having him on. Love having him on. He's a great dude. And he does the bachelor lifestyle podcast with me. Bachelor coming back just after the first of the year, the first Monday of the new year pilot Pete is coming in and he's swinging a big meat stick and he's going to drop the hammer could possibly break Bob Guinea's sexing record on the bachelor. Looking forward to that. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jason Stewart, Jason. How are you, my friend? Hello everybody. All right. Um, a couple, a couple things here, a couple of uh, house cleaning, um, moments as you guys were uh, opening the show here uh i've done i've been a regular contributor to the show for you know if you guys have done 300 episodes i've probably done the second most as a contributor yeah. would you you're agree like, you're like fonzie in season one you weren't in yeah. the you weren't in the uh, credits but you're like right there no he's more like chuck cunningham <laughs> So next next year we're just going to pretend he never existed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, continue, Jason, you're making a point. I think. So yeah. So if I I've been doing this show quite some time with Ed, and this is the first time that I've heard that he knows black people. Well, what are you talking? Oh, oh, he lives Ed, in New Jersey. And by the way, Ed, I mean uh, the Crusaders thing. Comparing that to the Redskins, like. Obviously, you don't know if Catholics or Christians do anything. It's never wrong. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good point, Jason. Yeah. I, Let me I, give you, I stand corrected. Let me give you an example. There was a bunch of uh, priests in uh, Pennsylvania and Boston that were doing some uh, really bad things. <laughs> and uh, instead of kicking their ass out of the church, they just reshuffled them. They just they sent just them to other they, churches. They had, yeah. they had too much love to give. They were just sent to another yeah. church. They sent one prolific boy bugger to a school for the deaf. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> um, um, I like that movie. Um, uh, what's the, uh, the spotlight? spotlight? That was pretty good. And now I've seen they've remade it exactly the same, but about fracking and it's got Mark Ruffalo in it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need like this. Oh, I saw a preview for it and it just didn't seem fun. It seemed no. like a, like real bummer. Like a worse version. Real bummer. There's, there's not going to be one breast in that movie. I can tell you that much right now. And it's, you know, there's a high bar. If I'm not going to see at least one nip slip, I'm going to need some, a higher form of entertainment than fracking. I get it. Fracking sucks. Fuck fracking. I get it. I'm there I with saw you. a fracking movie on an airplane, and I thought that was one too many. Oh, the Matt Damon the, one? Uh, Matt Damon and uh, the, the Office dude. Krasinski. Krasinski. 
Krasinski's like um, Trump's America action hero now. He's like, we gotta, we gotta, f- the Russians are in Venezuela. We gotta get down there. I'm like, what? I gotta say, oh, big fan of his wife, em- like Emily Blunt. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's from Sicario. Yeah, yes, she Sicario is. one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did you have a point that I interrupted there, Ed? No, I never have a point. Oh, perfect. Ed, uh, Jason Stewart, anything else you'd like to add? Any opening remarks? Let me just preface this uh-huh. uh, episode by saying. That you um, you guys did me a favor the last time you had me on by talking about my favorite movie of all time and Boogie Nights. Great movie. And that, I, I must say that podcast went off the rails a little bit. I don't we, think know, it we, did. We welcomed in some uh, some new blood. Chris Morales. Different was, energy. Was, well, yeah, was not very focused, but I think it was still a pretty good fo- podcast. I think, I think it was a good show. It was so good that you made zero tweets about it and advertised it not at all to your 20,000 t- Twitter followers, Jason. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just certain things that I, I got to uh, keep in mind but here. You didn't even, say, you didn't even say anything bad. Yeah, I was wondering what the controversial part is. I, I think maybe growers and stiffers. You're, no, you're, just, talking, you're talking about dicks? Kinda, just general misogyny. I don't, oh. I don't need to be, uh, you know, I don't need to be. um, and then there's, uh, but you Boogie guys are doing, you guys are doing me a, a, another favor here by talking about my favorite holiday movie or song ever. And I would even say that like, it's a holiday song, but just as a song, like the Please other 11 months out of the year, this. you do you no. listen to this outside no. of Christmas time. Not at all, but I will say that it stands up. Like the the song is a real catchy tune. Yep. It's, it's great mid eighties goth. So um, yeah. it's much better than uh, "We Are the World," the other uh, song. Other Christmas oh, song. High bar to cross. Better than "We Are the World." That's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's not as painful as a uh, as as AIDS. <laughs> like. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. You got it. I, you so know, this song, yeah. this song is like a, is like my apple, my uh, pumpkin pie. Uh, I, I love pumpkin pie, but I only eat it at Thanksgiving. And then the, the rest of like around Thanksgiving, I'm like, why don't I eat this the rest of the year? It's so good. And then every time I hear this song, I'm thinking, why don't I just put it in my phone and listen to it the other 11 months out of the year? That would be weird. Um, why would you eat like you would eat pumpkin pie on Easter or like in the summer? Still pretty good. I mean, that's that's some damn it is good delicious, pie. but it, it it has a certain time of year for it. You know, I was eating some pumpkin pie this Thanksgiving, and I I like pumpkin pie. And I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking I could go for a different kind of pie right now. I could well, I could go for an apple pie. We we go three pumpkin apple. Pecan. Pecan's great. Pecan's a great pie. That's kind of our, our our standard. We do three for Thanksgiving. And I'm I'll, I'll also admit something else that growing up, you know, I grew up white trash. I'm from Costa Mesa. I think that's pretty known. We'd throw a big dollop of Cool Whip on that pie growing up, and uh, I haven't had Cool Whip in a while. And I'll be honest, it's I know it's disgusting. It's like whipped oil with sugar and it's it's, it's a miracle whip. It's there's it's everything that's wrong with it. 
and you know, now we get like the, the organic, like hand whipped craft whipped cream. Sometimes the, somebody here will even whip up the whipped cream themselves or maybe even like a creme fraiche or something like that. And I'm, I'm eating that pumpkin pie and I, I go, you know what this needs? So you know what I should be having with this? Cool whip. Should be having a big, uh, big, big gob of cool whip on the top of this. Along those same lines, I, people always have their gravy, their specific gravy, gravy recipes and all these things. I got to admit, I like the, the jar gravy, the turkey gravy. The jello, the like g- gelatinous. Yeah, I just yeah. like it. It's yeah. because, like, I grew up with that yeah. white trash no, upbringing. It. Like, that that aspect yeah. that my mom yeah. is, like, a South Jersey trash person. Yeah. And that was introduced when I was a kid. And, like, when I have somebody's delicious, like, regular gravy, I'm thinking, I kind of want the shitty yeah. jar gravy. No, I get that. I get that. Hey, you don't have – I don't have it on Thanksgiving. You never have it on Thanksgiving. But if you – if you, and it's been a long time, but if you – run into some stovetop stuffing, the fucking out of the box shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be bummed out. You're not going to be like, "Oh, shit. Stovetop stuffing? Like who made this shit?" Like you're going to you're going to eat it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. And Chappelle has a great routine about it. Does he? Yeah. That's the one when he talks about he opened oh. his maybe last special where he did the Punch it right in the pussy. Sticks line. and stones. Yeah. It was about stovetop, I think. I can't remember. I can't, I'm, but I'm sure it was Chappelle, so it was great. Uh, let's try to get Jason Stewart back in the conversation. Jason, um, so we're talk- we wanted to talk about do- the Speaking beef. of nostalgia, this yeah. song. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about it's a divisive Christmas song. And one you don't – you would think of this – like this song came out in 1984 – that's that's the year they had the Olympics in L.A. I went and so saw. I went five years ago this Christmas. Thirty five years. Yeah, I went and saw Mark McGuire at Dodger Stadium. Put it down for the USA. I think yeah. they might have played. Carl Lewis was like that, that year. Japan. Yep yeah, he had he had a good Olympics. No Russians. We're we're gonna have a, a no Russians Olympics this next Olympics. As if anybody yeah. gave a fuck about the Olympics anymore. Uh, I saw Detlef Shrimp put it down at the Forum. He fucking. Yeah, I think they played Italy. It was big swarthy guys. It might have been Greece. I think it was Italy, though. And uh, Detlef Shrimp just put it on him, inside, outside, like, no problem. The whole fucking crowd was chanting Detlef. But it was 1984, and this song came out, Do They Know It's Christmas? And you, you look back, there's not a lot of new Christmas songs. And I feel like we'll get into some of the... But it's it's the same, like, dozen songs that you hear every year Around Christmas, White Christmas, that drummer boy piece of shit. What are some other right. ones? S- simply well, having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, that's j- the, we'll j- talk about that. That's later. the worst song of all time. But um, yeah. uh, Jingle Bells, Jingle White bells. Christmas, yep. uh, Frosty, Silver Silver Bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Uh, the you greatest. Know a, uh, you know who does a, a mean oh, Winter Wonderland? Yeah, is uh, Eurythmics. Oh, oh. great, great version of Winter Wonderland. And the reason why, I mean, to to contradict your point, there are a lot of new songs made about Christmas. They don't don't catch on traction. Like I think these bands or these these uh, these solo acts, they see uh, Christmas songs as easy money. And they're probably like, let's put some effort in and and buy a writer and and, uh, 
and, and make a, a like a brand new song, and maybe we'll get on on those uh, on that great list of songs that you hear every Christmas. And they just fail. And I think all of them just end up going back to the standards. Yeah. So that's what we, we should, we'll get into more. We'll talk um, Band-Aid first, but we just to preface in Jay Stu's got a point. Mariah Carey, um, which is all I want for Christmas is you. She had a vision where she's like, I'm going to do a new Christmas song and it's going to fucking blow up. And it, it's been out for like at least a decade and it went to number one for the first 25 time. Twenty-five years old. Now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's twenty-five years old. She, it went to number one for the first time this year. And I read she's due to pull down about six hundred grand this year just from that song. Something she recorded twenty years ago is gonna j- just in the mailbox. She's gonna get <laughs> a fucking uh, more than half a million dollars just mailed like Jay Stu. You did a couple, you did a couple episodes of According to Jim. Yep. Big show, probably still on TV land. That when your episode of According to Jim or what, or Gary Unmarried comes out back when you used to be friends with Jay Moore, before he went crazy, you get, when you get a residual check from one of those shows, it's pretty nice, right? That's some mailbox money. Give me, give me an example of one of your residual checks from either A, Gary Got Married, no, wait, Gary Unmarried, or two, according to Jim, with Jim Belushi, who's got two sons named Jared. Go on. Well, just last week, just last oh, week, got, oh, I had, yeah. I got a uh, royalty check, and it was a 2019 Eastern European distribution. So, um, so as the Ukraine and yeah. Croatia and yeah. Yugos, former Yugoslavia is enjoying, yeah. Yeah. according to Jim, probably for the first time, I got paid $5.17. Oh, oh, holy shit. Their nerves. They're calming their nerves from all the tensions over there. Yeah. A little Jay Stu action. No, Novak Djokovic is like, I need me some, like John Belushi dead. Is there a lesser Belushi brother? That one that's completely unfunny that's never did anything of interest like is it can i find him they're having a uh a movie marathon of taking care of business and mr destiny (laughs) (laughs) um so you could see jay stew big time actor a guy that's fucking performed he's been on shit he's getting residual checks his are like five dollars mariah carey's 600 grand from the song. And I heard, or I read, I think that she's made since she, since she dropped this Christmas song, she's made over $60 million just from this song. But it, one interesting thing about her career is she was until like a year ago, still insisting she was a pop star that yeah. had different range. And now she's just leaning into it. Like I'm the Christmas lady. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. But but you know this song, and I'm not a Mariah Carey fan. I couldn't name one other song that she's done, like Heartbreaker or yeah, something. It's a good song. I think yeah. it's a good song. Yeah, it is a great song. Um, she, I think she now holds the record for most number ones. She's got more number ones than Elvis. Oh, I don't even know her songs. Yeah, me either. She's got more number ones than Elvis. She's got more number ones than the Beatles. All the How biggies. About- how about, uh, does she have more number one songs than Garth Brooks' Alter Ego? What was that? Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. He scrubbed the, he scrubbed the internet of Chris Gaines, if you can believe that. <laughs> no, Mariah Carey did that uh, kind of music that 
none of the three of us would have ever uh, listened to. It's like the uh, I guess we we know Whitney Houston stuff a little bit more, but it's kind of in the same genre of just like uh, you know that just isn't our it's, demographic. It's R and B. It's top forty radio. Yeah. I mean, what, what about what about what's his name? The the uh, the guy that rapes all those teenagers. R. Kelly. Glitter. Oh. R. Kelly was a <laughs> godlike figure <laughs> in the nineties, and I I didn't. Remember him once? I, well, he did he the one. That Michael Jordan. I got, yeah. I gotta say, I still like the remix to Ignition. Yeah, I, see, oh, no, I like that song. I don't I know any of his jams. I know, I know when he's like, "I've been in the closet and you fucking oh, that yeah. guy." Like yeah, like and he's opera. like, yeah, because he's in, and I'm like, oh, this is an insane person. There's an insane person doing music. Yeah, that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, things aren't going too well for him. Okay, but we're here to talk about uh, Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas time? 1984. Here, I'll just give you a, should, should I play it or what do you guys want to do? Should I read the Wikipedia? I thought I'd play it and we could discuss as we played it. Maybe you guys could look on also. Okay. Yeah? No? No ideas? I mean, I'm, I'm well, reaching out I'm, for I'm help. I'm wondering if we wait, we build it up and then play it. I was going to say, I think that that's the way to do it because uh, – as the documentary did, you know, the documentary oh, told the story. what a piece story. of shit. That's worse He's than Gremlins. Yeah. And then they they paid it off at the end by doing the entire song. And then um, they just clipped that that part and made it the music video for MTV, that last part of the documentary. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Uh, so Do They Know It's Christmas? It came out in 1984. Written by Bob Geldof of the Boomtown Rats. Who? I didn't know that band. Um, yeah, they oh, did up, up all night. night. Uh, yeah. Jim Rome's up all night was, uh, was a boomtown rest, but I think that I knew Bob Geldof more. I've eight. uh, was no, not at all. In fact, uh, I was a big Pink Floyd guy. My dad was a big Pink Floyd fan Yeah, and the movie, the wall came oh, out. Oh, he plays. Yeah. He's the guy in the wall. He plays Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does. That's exactly right. He's, uh, he is that guy. Uh, well, he wrote this song. He's like Welsh. I think Scottish. I don't know. Um, and he, he saw there was a, there was like a series on the BBC talking about how people were fucking starving in specifically Ethiopia, right? Ethiopia. Was, and I mean, uh, Sam Kennison. <laughs> move to where the food is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was Ethiopia. People were starving. Did that? What did that just end? Because well, I, I you don't hear about read, it. I actually read up on this like a year or two ago, and Ethiopia Ethiopia is one of the uh, however they did quali- qualify it. It's the most one of the most rapidly growing economies in the world. Shut up. That, that I mean that doesn't mean they have the type of money that France has or yeah. you know whatever. But but they actually. From this movement starting 35 years ago, they have done very well um, because of these charities and stuff like it, it actually did pay off. So no, he, he, he did. He did a, a, a great thing yeah. for humanity. Yeah, you, you could, you could make the argument that um, they at some point went from starving to being fed. And I think they they started to eat enough food to be healthy enough to give each other AIDS. The, the question <laughs> Man. You're definitely not retweeting this. Stu. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say starving or being fed with the help of Bono, which is 
which is the decision you make. So we should talk about Bono because I, it took, it took me. So I don't know why he gets the solo. I don't. And I I feel like there's a documentary just about that. There's a bigger question mark to me. The opener. Paul Young. Paul Young. Paul Young was famous for like six months and he was able to capitalize on live aid (laughs) and this and his song. He had one song and it was done better by the person who wrote it, Daryl Hall. This was a Hall and Oates song. Every time you go away, oh yeah, that, you take a piece of me with you. Yeah, that was the only reason Paul Young was famous, and it wasn't even his song. And he was not famous in 1985, so or 1986, whatever. It all went away for him. But he's the lead. He's the lead of the song. He opens it. So, so this yeah, is, hold on. Hold, I'm, I'm just gonna just let me make a point here. This song, while popular in the United States of America was not a number one song here. It was number one in a whole fucking shitload of other countries and it was a massive, massive hit. And I would argue that while Paul Young is not a well-known guy here in the USA, he probably was a big, big, and he probably has lots of hits that were UK hits, and that's probably why he had so much juice in Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All. Jay Stu, you were going to say. So that's, it. so that's exactly right. So um, I, had, I had the exact same, um, I guess, thought, uh, I guess, curiosity yep. that, uh, that Ed has. So I did a deep dive on Paul Young. Um, he was a teen idol in the late 70s yep. in, in Great Britain. He was the guy on all the teen magazines. Okay. So his, his cross the Atlantic was when he did the cover, but he was already something in England. He was big time in England, um, very famous and which kind of leads me to another character in this, in this whole thing. And and by the way, Paul Young, not only, not only started the fucking song, he also gets a part towards the tail end of the, uh, the, just the singers. No, he he bookends him a couple chunks. Yeah. Big. Um, and, and looking back, and that's some really, quaff on that guy. Great hair, yeah. great mullet. And if you really want to like reshuffle, because I think at in 1984, I think Geldof and crew were like Paul Young. Of course, he's the most famous Brit. We got to go with <laughs> this, guy. Get this guy. But, but looking back, I mean, Phil Collins, uh, who did drums exclusively, I want to say he was a more successful solo artist singing. Than Paul Young ever was for sure, uh, but for sure. But, but this was but this what? was the infancy Sting of Phil Collins. In '84, Sting was way bigger than bigger than Paul yeah, Young. Yeah. Sting was huge. Or I mean, it, every I, I feel like in that list, and when we watched this documentary, which was awful, uh, the the one the band they kept bringing up first. Spando Spandau Ballet. Uh, yeah. That was the big, that was the big name. They kept bringing them up first. Like, yeah. oh my god, we got Spandau Ballet. Yes. This, yeah, they, yeah. They were the uh, they were the thing that if if you get they were hot, there, you get a lot of hot names in here. They were hot, but so I'll I'll make this point. Paul Young is primarily like he's a, he has a great voice. He's primarily a vocalist, and, and Sting he can sing. But he's he's the bass player that sings, you know, uh, Phil Collins. Again, Phil Collins was just the drummer until Peter, the sledgehammer guy. Gabriel. Gabriel leaves the band. And then Phil Collins is like, 
hey, don't hire another singer. I can do this. And then and Phil Collins, great, amazing, but was was still in the infancy of his solo career at that point. Paul Young is a is a voice guy. Now, I will say this. You also had George Michael there. And George Michael is not only beautiful, but this man had a, the voice of the ages. I mean, still does not get enough credit. And when we talk about Christmas songs later, we'll talk obviously about George Michael. But he was, he again, he was just sort of at the beginning of his thing. Whereas this Paul Young guy, Britain, and also singer, and also peaking at the time. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, George, George Michael wasn't even George Michael. He was Wham!, yeah, he was still in Wham. Yeah, he was Andrew Ridgely's other half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like I, I think that there was a there was a story in here. Did you guys read that story about Paul Weller? Paul um, Weller from the Jam. Okay, so I, I town was called thinking, Malice. I was thinking, I was thinking RoboCop. That's Peter, that's Peter Weller. That's Peter Weller. Okay. We got to review. Weller, hey, Ed, put that on the list. We got to review yeah, RoboCop. What, do RoboCop. what are we doing? What are we doing that How we haven't done we RoboCop? How have we not done a half hour on Clarence Boddicker? Exactly. We need RoboCop. Put it on the <laughs> list. It's the next that. movie we're doing. Okay. Yeah, we are. Yep. And well, I'm, I should shove this line for when we do it, uh, given that you invite me to do it. But I'm going to say. Hold, hold on. Team, hold, hold on, Stu. It's because you, it's so rare that you repeat a line. You don't want to do it yeah. now because <laughs> you, you, then it's done. You won't do it again. <laughs> Keep them wanting more. Like in in 1985 or whenever that movie came out, uh, RoboCop, the creator's uh, version of the future, was a bunch of souped-up Ford Tauruses. (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy that for a dollar. But this... this, this, Funniest thing you've ever said on the show. (laughs) Paul Weller. Let's get back to Paul Weller, okay? Great. uh, Town Called Malice, the jam, great band. See them if they come to your town. Town Called Malice is a great song. Yeah. I, 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 did, I forgot about the jam. Yeah. I, I did a deep dive on him as well because I had read that um, all of these big egos kind of played nicey-nice during this whole thing. But Paul Weller, I guess, was a big asshole. And he made a uh, he made a condescending comment to George Michael. And I guess this this comment was uh, was quoted from uh, George Michael, he said to Paul Weller, don't be a wanker all your life. Have a day off. Wow, that accent. Wow. That accent was stunning. Uh, I could see that. Well, there were a lot of big egos there. And at one point in the documentary, and it, the biggest. it's it's on YouTube and you can watch it if you want. I wouldn't suggest it because it's so yeah, fucking it's boring. Good. But at one point, I love po- it. I loved it. At one point, um, George, no, Boy George, Boy George was like, he was in New York. Yeah, he was like, who's that that sang before? Was that? And he like got it wrong. And they're like, no, that was George Michael. And he's like, ah, sounded a bit camp. He goes, but I guess <laughs> I, I guess it's George Michael. So that makes sense or something like it was super douchey, like camp. You're 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 dressed like a fucking woman. You're in the culture club. Yes. Um, I will say that the documentary, it was amazing to watch this and then think, there was a time where George Michael had to come out of the closet. I know. He's so gay. He's so gay. But we didn't know. We didn't know. It was a yeah. different time. I mean, we, we were still under the impression Liberace was just looking for the right one. Exactly. So. Uh, um, Paul, uh, who, who's my favorite guy from the Hollywood Squares? Paul Lind. Paul oh, Lind. He was wow. just a confirmed bachelor. Like, what? what's the big deal? He wasn't gay. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so do you here, guys want my my Paul Weller um, knowledge real fast? Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll just get right to it. Yes, you read so his. The one that, can you do it in the, the accent? That, yeah, no, no, please don't. That pissed off George Michael, right? But I, I'm like, who is this Paul Weller guy? I kind of remember the jam. You know what band he was uh, fronting at the time this this came out? It was Style Council. The Style Council, which. As I listened to the music, it was right up my alley. It kind of sounds like a Depeche Mode meets uh, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, and I was I was listening to all that back then. I don't remember anything by that, and I don't remember this guy. And I think if you read a little bit about him, he was uh, he was right up there, maybe even more famous than Paul Young because he had some time over there. He was a huge British act, huge, and he didn't he didn't get any time on this song. He may have gotten like. Two words. And I think he was pissed off yeah. about that. I believe he was also in Dexy's Midnight Runner. No, his uh oh, his the I mean? style council keyboardist was from Dexy Midnight oh, Runner. Oh, that's what it was. That's Paul Weller's part. Right. Um yeah, it was early it was a different time. It's hard to go back and like figure out but the, here here's some of the other people that were in the in uh, Oh, wait, hold on. We got off track because Bono <laughs> Originally, I, I came up with Bono, and I'll be honest. Dress like a Hasidic Jew. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I never usually drink during the show, but we're doing this on a Friday night, and I'm not a weekday drinker, and Friday's the weekend. Fair. And I'm drinking, Fair. I'm drinking a Stone Enjoy by 1120 Unfiltered IPA, and it's almost 10% alcohol, so I'm feeling it. So Bono, I never realized, and this is how dumb I am until recently— how sickly diminutive Bono is. Yeah, is he's it, a it, tiny there's man. A, there's a big part of it where he's between uh, Simon Lebon from Duran Duran. Yes, and Sting. And Sting, and either those guys are both six eight. Yes, or he is is a miniature person. So don't nobody look this up right now because I'm going to look it up and we're going to take over unders on Bono's height. And you got to understand that the whatever the internet says, you got to knock 2 inches off that. Okay? I I, I think he looks 5'5" five, five, cuz five, five? I don't see si- Simon Lebon as 6'5". So so <laughs> Ed Daly, Ed Daly, you have Bono 5 foot 5. I don't I'm not sure how many Stone that is, and that's weight. I don't know how they measure yeah, height. That's weight. I, I, have, I have a sad revelation. Yeah. First ever cassette tape I ever got. Yeah. Seven and the Ragged Tiger, Duran Duran. That was wow. the first one. Hey, listen. Hey. I had that. I, had I mean, that. I was Nothing like, I was about. like, I was like eight or whatever. But that was my first tape ever. I was. I got a tape recorder, and that was the first one. I was just telling somebody today that I um. I was not a Duran Duran fan. And in fact, I remember riding around in my buddy Lance's brother, Derek's 280Z. He was older. We were probably about 13. And Derek was driving. He's probably about five years older than us. And we're in his 280Z and I'm in the back seat. And he had the windows down. And he started pumping Duran Duran's Rio. And I, I slid way down in the seat because I did not want to be seen with two other dudes in a vehicle with Duran Duran pumping out the windows. But we're, we're on Bono's height. Jay Stu, Ed Daly has set the bar 
Over, he says five five. Jay Stu, your thoughts? Bono Vox, Bono Hewson. What is his height? He's very small. What do you think? I'll say five eight. Five eight, a normal height. You've 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 given him a normal. No way, no way he's normal. No There's way. no way he's five eight. It's, it's 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 much it's much less about me thinking he's short than thinking Lebon's tall. Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You have to be like Manu Boltall the way he was. <laughs> so I've looked it up and I'm just on the Google page that tells you people's height. Bono. And again, you got to knock off two inches. Okay. This, this, right. Somebody says they're five, six, which Bono says he's five, six. That means my man's five, four. What? He says he's five, six, five, six. Holy shit. Yeah, that's little. Good call, Ed. That's little. That's little. Now, hold on. There's a link here that says Bono's real height is finally solved, and it takes you to a message board. Oh, here are the pics. He's five foot seven. No. No way. No way. There's no way. There's no way he's five There's no way. There's no way he's five Seriously, uh, uh, when 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 Simon LeBond's standing next to him, it's like Mark Eaton in a huddle yes. next to John Stockton. Like yes. there's no there's no comparison. I'm glad by the way, uh the listed height on LeBond, I just Googled six two. Six two. That's a big, that's a it's big, a normal, guy. normal like, height. People typically aren't tall. Um, he didn't do well in a yachting incident, right? Simon LeBond. Well, that's wasn't right. That his thing? That's right. Yeah. He was yeah, a yachter. Was yachting yeah. troubles. And by, by the way, the uh, seventh uh, of a ragged tiger cassette that I also owned, uh, I think the first single was the reflex. I was all over the, that music. You go back to 1984 and I think Duran Duran may have been the biggest band on the planet. Yeah, they're huge. They're massive. They were huge. Not and just, sadly, yeah. I just want to add the second tape I ever owned was Combat Rock, The Clash. Yeah, and I, I used that. to I used to tell people the first thing I ever owned was was Combat <laughs> Rock, but now I'm mature <laughs> enough to admit it was Duran Duran. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my first records because I didn't. This is pre cassettes, and this is embarrassing. I mean, two are not embarrassing. One super embarrassing. The Police. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. That yeah. was huge. I had yeah. the tape. Yep. I also had Men at Work, Cargo. Wait, that's mine. That's my first one. Men yeah. at Work, Cargo was my first cassette yeah, tape. We're not talking about is your it, first. We're talking about my that, first. Who can it be now? Is that? Is that? No, it's oh, the album after God. that. It's the album no, after that. No, 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 no. Who can it be now is car. Oh, you're right. It's a uh, business as usual. Business as usual. The yellow and yeah. black one. But my, my cargo th- was uh, overkill and it's a mistake. Yep. Great album. It's a mistake. Um, but my third first album, Billy Joel, Innocent Man. Oh, that's the doo off one, yeah. right? Yeah. This oh, 80s Billy goodness. Joel. 80s Billy Joel. The worst. That's what. It, Wait and, a minute. I, yeah, we had we had, we had what was it? Uh, glass houses or broken glass or something? Yeah, that was some, a great rock glass. album. That was a yeah, great rock the, album. The doo-wop was one of the worst yeah, of all it's, time. Um, oh, that's awful. the that's the Christy Brinkley one, where Christy yeah, Brinkley's in all the videos. Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. Yeah, that's terrible. So bad. It's so bad, and had so many hits on. Uh, okay. Uh, my point, my yeah. point about uh, LeBon real fast. Uh, Duran Duran, the, probably the biggest band in the world at the time, and I read. Um, as you guys probably did too here that he, when Geldof was selling him on doing this, they, uh, he got the impression that he was going to do a duet with sting. 
He was going to sing half mm-hmm. of this thing. Sting was going to sing the other. And then I guess a bunch of the other people were going to sing the chorus. Um, and he got, he showed up and he was kind of thrown off by that. He gets, he gets some pretty good face time and, and he sings a, a couple crucial parts of the song. And then what's his face? Taylor, his uh, bandmate was John the Taylor, Taylor. Bass, the bass player the bass on, the, on yeah. the entire song. Yeah. So that's, and you get, you get some of that from the, um, documentary. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the blonde guy? Oh, the guy who looks like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yes, yeah, I that guy. Figure I, him out. I looked it up. I looked it up. Ready? Okay. okay, yeah. This again. I did. I did a deep dive. I have no idea who these guys are. So those two guys that were just kind of yucking it up, and they got a lot of FaceTime behind the scenes, yeah. and they were just a part of the chorus for the for the chorus. Uh, they did. A, they were a band called Status Quo. Okay. You guys I know read, Status Quo? I, I read, I don't know, but I did read something about Status Quo. They, I think it was them. They weren't invited, but they showed up Shut with up. blow. <laughs> they showed up with coke. That was yes. their yeah. They showed up and, and it was like, okay, these guys are too fucked up to sing, but like, let them hang out because it's, it's improving the vibe. Well, I, th- I think there was a, I think Geldof, uh, Geldof's Boomtown Rats uh, label had a couple just random bands. And I think that status quo was on the, on the label and they had been doing hit songs or hit British songs in the late sixties, early seventies. These guys were old. Wow. This is like Matthew yeah, McConaughey one of the, one of the high school. Right. So he was, so he's talking about, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't, cause a few of the guys were like, I didn't realize so many people were going to be here. I didn't realize this many guys were showing up. And then the status quo guys like, yeah, it's like, we all kind of got on it last night. He's basically saying like, everyone's yeah, like, so fucking powder, right. Let us be involved. Everyone was super hungover, and once you get that sort of aspect of it, you're like, "Oh, this makes sense." Because they all look a little haggard. Lebon looks real puffy. Like they, this was not a healthy group at the time. No, that's oh, the thing about the. This those wasn't 80s. a healthy year. 1984 no. was no. not a healthy that's, year. That's right. peak cocaine. And those those uh, '80s kind of goth pop guys were um, emaciated. Yeah. They were all anorexic and they had the massive hair that threw yeah, it off hair. even more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who, who else? I Googled was- another one. I, so I Googled uh, another one from the documentary. I was wondering who it was. There was some androgynous looking uh, person named Marilyn who was yeah, a who the hell pseudo reggae singer. But then I did a little digging. This was Gavin Rossdale's ongoing boyfriend. I didn't realize Gavin Rossdale was this old. What? Wait, Gavin Wait, Gavin Rossdale swings both ways? Google? Of course. Google, does? Google Marilyn, Marilyn, Gavin Rossdale, and it'll pop up right away. What? I didn't know he was bisexual. This was, a, this was an amazing rabbit hole I fell down trying oh. to figure out who this person was. Shut uh, Marilyn Gavin Rossdale. I got I got the feeling that he wasn't oh, very yeah. welcome. Remember when Phil Collins kind of shot him a look as he came out of uh, doing his drum set? Well, Gavin Rossdale used to be Androge. Him, yeah, I didn't realize that all this like it, it's just known that he and Marilyn had a thing. What they're both they the both hell? look like chicks. Yeah, that's amazing. What? We're talking about we're talking about the lead singer of Bush, right? Yes. Yes. But I mean, it, I, it, one thing he looks great because he's way older than I thought he was. Yeah. He put he two, was a thing in the early eighties. He put two babies inside Gwen. 
Oh, G- yeah. Gavin Rossdale. Hold on. How? Okay. How fucking old is this guy? We need. Hey, 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 listeners. I need a fucking. I need a song. I need a jingle for how fucking old is this guy? We do how fucking old is this guy all the time. I got these guys out here that make a mate. How fucking old is this guy? Gavin Rossdale. Age. Oh, yeah. We need sports. How fucking old is this guy? Okay. Hold on. I'm on. I'm on images. Have you looked this up yet, Ed? Are you disqualified? I I have not looked it up. Okay. Jason Stewart. had a thing with a guy. In the 80s. 35 years ago. I mean, at minimum. So let's say he's 20. He's 55. Jason Stewart, your thoughts? How yeah, old? Yeah, I, I would say 58. 58, 55. Yeah. You guys are both right on there. I would, had we not been having this conversation, I would have guessed. Have 49. Yeah, I would have said 48, 49, maybe 50. He's, yeah. He's, but, he's 54 years old. Gavin Rossdale. thing with somebody in, in this video. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Maryland. That's, weird. that's stunning. And I, I did read one of the people, and we, none of us will know what it, who it is, but one of the people in the video was, like, famous for having a, uh, a, a sitcom on the BBC where there was, like, some song. You know, like, when something cheesy happens where a song becomes a big hit on the radio in the 80s because everybody's on cocaine? Yeah, yeah. So one of the people there was, like, a sitcom star that, like, Shut just— up. He had just some random dude who had nothing to do with. And I saw that uh, Bowie and McCartney like sent in a sorry, I can't make it, but we'll we'll put like liner notes on your album. Yeah, we'll we'll praise effort. But they were out. Of course, it seems like the the bands on the official list that uh, I didn't really catch. I didn't see your rhythmics. I think Andy Lennox would have stood out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then they also list Frankie Goes to Hollywood, who on the documentary is doing like a phone call in. Frankie no, Goes Frank. to Hollywood was was huge at that point. Relax. The one big song. Yeah. But I think it was a different guy from it was that, that guy with the long, straight hair that looked like that one actor that killed Brandon Lee in The Crow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had that yeah. long, stringy, straight hair. I think he was. No mention. I think he I was. was yes. No mention of the who. They'd be another British big time. Right, at the time. Yeah, Bowie, McCartney. Uh, I would think the Who would be. No, no Stones mentioned? No, of course not. I mean, that's the thing. That's the this thing. is I the think 80s. Gut Off was going for a, a, a younger demo. I mm-hmm. think Status Quo sneaked in with the Coke. Yeah. Um, yep. And then Cool in the Gang for some stupid reason. So weird. So weird. They're, they're American they and disco. The studio. Yeah. They're not British. So they weird. Had nothing to do with it. It just happened to be in London at the time. Also, up until that point, known as an instrumental like funk band. I think this may maybe celebrate was like just about to come out. Like they weren't this wasn't cool in the gang wasn't like the oh. disco party band no, that you're thinking of right now. They were seventies when you know. Their no, big songs dude. were in the seventies. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Did they didn't didn't they sing September? No, that's when fucking you, Earth, Wind, you, and Fire. Oh, okay. Um, See, that's what I meant. Yeah, I know. I know that's what you meant. Uh, there, yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, you know who was there? Siobhan from Bananarama. Oh, big fan. Oh, and also, I I was speaking to somebody a couple years ago that had just come from the night before 
she was at a party and Siobhan from Bananarama was there. And I was like, hey, I mean, Siobhan, like she was so banging in the 80s. And she's like, no, still today. She looks so good. She looks amazing. Um, I think Bananarama's uh, greatest gift to us was um, Siobhan in the Karate Kid soundtrack. Cruel Summer. Yeah, that was Jam. Bananarama's greatest. And by the way, I, I have to correct you. I have to go on record as correcting you. Uh, cool and the Gang had many hits that had vocals. No, they I had mean, vocal hits, but not until later in their career. No, no. Yeah. yeah, they started out as an instrumental band. Don't question me. But Don't. they were uh, instrumental like... In the 70s. You know, ten, yeah, but like 71. They they were a known thing in the disco era. I guess, yeah. We're talking okay. Get Down On It. Yeah, Jam. Ladies Night, yep. Jungle Boogie. I oh, mean, come on. Yeah, those are all good jams. Um, You're right. Okay, I'll give you that. And by, by the way, the, the sitcom actor was known for playing a hippie. So like he was oh. like a specific character. Dirty. He had long hair. He was, he really, he, yeah. he aged the worst because nobody cares about anything he's ever done dirty piece no. of shit there, there was a there was the, a human league spotting now human league at that point had a couple really big songs i want to say that human league at least in america was more popular than standout ballet human league was uh um, was oh was the was, human was league the, there don't you want me oh yeah don't you want me was their big one but then they did that that follow-up that was uh i'm was only human oh, yeah. of flesh these, and these blood are made owe their careers to uh, John Hughes, right? Like he, yeah, he's, totally. He's helped them all out. Um, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. It's interesting to because I'm now looking at the Wikipedia, and it's like everybody that was there. Did you need the entirety of Spandau Ballet? Couldn't you have just one guy? They had the <laughs> right. entire Spandau yes, Ballet was there. I, I did note. Um, that I, I'm guessing it was Taylor, one of the, one of the Duran Duran guys, showed up at the studio in a Duran Duran T-shirt, which seems <laughs> like kind of lame, right? I love that. Yeah, no, that, it's it's meta. Like seeing uh, Marshawn Lynch in a Marshawn Lynch jersey at, at Taco Bell. <laughs> Would he do that? Um, so what else? Uh, all of Bananarama was there. Most of this, Duran Duran. Uh, this band called Heaven Seventeen, which I, I that doesn't ring a bell whatsoever. No, never heard of them. They're probably big over there. Oh, here's one. Jody Watley. Oh yeah, oh. American. Yeah, American. Just kind of there. She looked a little coked out. She's got that square <laughs> jaw, um, and but just kind of hanging out. Doesn't get a solo. Just kind of singing along. Like interesting choice to include and also she's she's kind of like a dance music artist right, which was right, kind of weird right. it was just a weird choice it's it's interesting you you want to know like how everybody showed up um i i also noticed i was trying to look up there was somebody who showed up named rick they were referring to him as rick and i just felt like that was the most 80s cameo i don't know who rick was <laughs> but if somebody's just going to randomly show up in the studio, it would be a guy named Rick in 1984. Yeah. Oh, no, he's he's also in status quo. He's one oh, of the old guys. That's probably the guy the guys with the AO. That, that's probably the guy. Oh, that is him. It's the guy with yeah. the, the SFLB, the mullet. They they got oh, a yeah. lot of FaceTime on that documentary. He, a lot. Because they had the Coke. They had the clown powder. Yeah. Yep. 
That was so he's so you got to figure all these guys are in their 20s at the time. He's born 1948. So he he's the 40 year old dude hanging around. He's the chaperone with yeah. Coke. Yeah, he brought he brought the and he's the guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it today. And, you know, like those guys partied a lot. So if he was really getting after it, um, you know, he was he that's he he shouldn't have been feeling that bad. OK, let, let's play it. Let's let's listen to the 1984 Band-Aid Jam, Do They Know It's Christmas. And I'll be honest, Jay Stu loves this song. Ed Daly hates this song. And I was kind of in the hate camp. Like I, I got to say, I don't hate it. I just, I don't feel the same things that Jay Stu feels. Well, I mean, were you into uh, Depeche Mode and Echo and the Bunnymen and The Cure and all those bands? Back then. I, 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 I kind of was. I mean, I told you I liked some of it, but it just didn't speak to me like, yeah, it was just another song. I didn't. It, it just seemed like a, a cool, um, a cool charity song as opposed to the usual pop. I mean, uh, cheesy ass song was horrendous. Awful. Yeah, I mean, Awful. We Are the World was like they they had like all these lyrics, it's almost like they wrote just a bunch of words and they're like, they, you got to squeeze it into a song. And it was always, it was clumsy and shit. This one just seemed to flow. They had cool, uh, lyrics, even the, the, the line that Bono delivers that he, oh, this he is the always, worst line ever. He always regretted though. But, but he, the way he sings it is amazing. He like, goes for it. Delivery is astounding. Now that's kind of. I, I don't have a problem with the words, by the way. I want to. I want to point out. Uh, Rick from Status Quo died of a <laughs> quote shoulder injury. You can't die year. from a shoulder injury. <laughs> I think that's called booger sugar. He died by way of yeah. He died in 2017, January 2017. R.I.P. Um, no, no, December, no, it was de- it was it was December twenty second, twenty sixteen. So almost three years ago, exactly three days so before that, George Michael. By the so way, is that Wikipedia that was page, his last Christmas. Does it all? Does it say that? Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that's a good. One. Okay, um, easy, Jason. Does it also say on that page about the uh, status quo that uh, the reason why we don't know who status quo is because they remain status quo and weren't able nice. to, to move with the time. Nice, Jason. Good job. Yeah. Jason nailed that one. Okay, let's play the song. There's a a, a long intro of silence. I know. Why is that? Oh, here we know. go. Are we talking over the song or are we just going to play? Well, I'll yeah, pause. We should talk over this. Yeah. No, I, no, just yeah. Talk. It's Christmas time. Paul Young. He's taking it real seriously. He does have a good voice. He's just a little too feeling himself. Yeah. Also, big 80s thing, rolling up the sleeves on your T-shirt. Yeah, it's the move that weathermen do during storms. You're, you're, <laughs> you're really getting into it. You're going to roll up the sleeves. You're getting after it. Right. You're, you're there to work. Like, I'm there. I'm here to show you I'm ready to work. Now, are you are you just gonna put? Okay, could you rewind it at all or no? Yeah, well, are you just gonna yeah, push? We, we, rewind it a little bit. Allow me to set up the uh, the the boy George part with context. Okay. So uh, so Kyle Brandt and I used to have an argument about this song. Um, Kyle Brandt, that real that real cool guy that's a fan of me for no reason. That's blocked. He, he's blocked. He's blocked me on Twitter 
for no reason, somebody that I've never had any interaction with that I'm not, I don't know, apparently doesn't like me. Do you want, do you want to shed some light on that, Jason? He's a friend of yours. The funny thing is you guys, you two would get along. That's what's funny. I know. He hates me. He hates uh, my guts. So if if we can set aside uh, uh, Brian's personal uh, problems, I don't have any personal problems. I'm fine. I I don't have any problems with anybody. Personal problem with him. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the point of contention though with this song, and he loved it as much as I did, but he always said that the the one singer that stands out and and kills it, steals the moment, is George Michael, and I disagree. Um, I think Boy George. Kills it. He does. And, and I, I agree. Say, I, I'm with. I'm with you because they show in the documentary. So, Brian, you, you might want to talk about Boy George. We we mentioned that he was in New York, but they they spend a lot of time talking about getting Boy George to the studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was he was on all of the cocaine back then. Yeah, and he was asleep, and they kept calling him, and he was supposed to be there. Then he gets on the Concord, shows up. And and they show him, and he's all tuned up when Haggard. he shows up in the studio. Yeah. But he fucking delivers. He nails it. The oh guy can God. sing. He's the best part of this song. The guy it's can amazing. sing. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Let's get to the it. Part, the okay. part that they give him is great, and then they give him a little bit of a. Uh, I don't even know what the. It, I don't know if there's a musician on this podcast, but whatever it's Me. called, when they just kind of do their own little thing at the end of a lyric, something that wasn't in the actual song. That they had written, but he just kind of did a little improv. Like an improv, thing. yeah, you know. So let's hear it. Scatting, if you will. Skinny Bieber. Come on. Uh huh. And then there's Phil Collins. Woo! George Michael. Boy George showing up in the studio, and the stairs look like he's had. He has to talk himself through every step. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. He's, or not? I'm sorry. I keep getting them confused. Boy George. But well, Boy George, George Michael. Studio, it's confusing. When he's walking up when he walks up the steps. He's he. You feel like he's saying step, step, step. Like everything. He's he's really zonked it, out. It, by well, the time he, he that's is. where that's where all the fans are outside that the, they're like trying to hold that door yeah. closed and all the fans yeah. are outside screaming. Yeah. And, and for some reason he uses like Simon LeBon as a crutch. He's like, come with me, Simon, let's go up these stairs. It's the, here's what and I, he, he, and then he gets to the studio. He's been doing all the drugs and then you assume he slept. Nails it. Concord, nails it. Pride. He nails it. And then he's slugging down cognac straight from the bottle. Hey, from the bottle. I couldn't tell. I'm like, is that cognac? Because he's cognac. pounding it from the bottle. That is an aggressive drink right there. I love but you here. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you hear? Um, I mean, I've done a lot of analysis of this part because I've always defended Boy George as the biggest, uh, the best singer on this whole song. He's great. You hear? You hear the way he performs these like three lines, and you're thinking, man, what a waste! Like. He should have been the George Michael, like with a voice like that. Why he just kind of sputtered out, right? Culture Club just kind of did a saying in the late '80s, and then he just kind of went away, right? I think they were they were a bit 
he was there was more gimmick to him. Yeah, there was more. He, he can a, sing though. A look and everything, but he clearly had the talent. If he just surrounded himself around uh, w- with the right hit makers, I think he definitely had the talent. I think he DJs now, and I just um in case you couldn't tell by my voice, I'm doing air quotes. I think he's a DJ <laughs> now. Fun fact. I went to a club in London where he was a DJ in like '96, and he was he was definitely needing cash, yeah. and he was the DJ there. And it was not my scene because oh, yeah. it was it was like house music. But I saw him DJ, and it, it at the Ministry of Sound in London, and it was just it, I, I, I at that point I thought he only had a couple years left because he was out of money and he had a bad cocaine problem but he's still kicking well remember when uh, remember when he held that kid he held like a sex slave hostage and almost went to prison for it yeah he was he was it was like a rick james oh yeah it was like a rick james situation where he had a he had a rent boy like in manhattan at his at his condo and wouldn't let him leave what's that he was Ted Haggerding? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, the, he, it was like a kidnapping situation, and he almost went to prison for it, but, but pled it out. I think he had to, you know, like pick up trash on the freeway. Well, my, uh, my fun fact about Boy George, my kind of brush with fame, is um, when I used to tweet about this song, I used to, um, I used to proclaim that Boy George outshines everybody, including George Michael. Um, and I, I at tweeted both of them. This is, I think this is when George was alive and, uh, boy, George blocked me. I think to this day he blocked me, even though I praised him as being the biggest star on the song, he blocked me. I can't, I can't read his timeline. Shut up. Boy, George is on Twitter. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack that, that statement. Unbelievable. Okay. Let's, let's check out the real star of this song though. George Michael, and just one of the, for a guy that is a superstar, for a guy that did, had more hits and did more incredible things in the music business than 99.9% of people, I would argue, I would argue, and he's gorgeous, he's a Greek, he's a Greek-British guy, I would argue, still... To this day, in in memoriam, this guy is underrated for how fucking special and amazing and talented he was, George Michael. Don't disagree. Another oh, Simon LeBon. Yeah, he's doing the beauty of kills. Yeah, he's got it. Simon LeBon has to like kind of whine it up. Oh. Thing. Should we talk about Sting's haircut? Because you know Sting goes, look like he cut it himself. Yeah, he's got he's got like a center part. He's got a bit of a uh, Dutch boy, but it looks yes. like he cut it himself. Yeah, it's kind of like a Prince Valiant. It doesn't have the bangs. It's a weird and Sting. Let's be honest, the guy is fucking beautiful. He he's gorgeous. He's probably just took a timeout from an eight hour fuck session to be there. He fucks a lot. He, he was a, uh, he's a learned man. He plays a bass with no frets. He's very talented. Although I just saw right before we were starting, I was watching, I had the TV on while I was watching the, um, watching the documentary on my computer. And I looked up and there was a commercial 
for his musical that he's written what? and starring in that no. is that is currently running at the Amundsen Theater in Hollywood. Jay Stu, Jay Stu, should we get together? Should we use some of your connections? The connections that never get me Charger tickets, that never get me Laker tickets or Dodger tickets. Should we use some of your Hollywood connections to get us tickets to Sting's The Last Ship currently being performed at the the Amundsen Theater? The Last Ship? What? Yeah, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. And he's in it. He stars in it. And I it looks going to be like synchronicity, the musical. No, it the looks it's got like a Hamilton vibe without the rapping. Uh, just just pure awfulness. Also, interesting. Also, Sting wearing a scarf indoors for this. That's on brand. I don't know who this guy is. I think he might be a Spandau Ballet guy. He is Spandau Ballet. Oh, look how little Bono is. So little. Oh, yeah. It's like the kids' table. Now, here's a, here's a thing. Bono gets the solo, and it's coming up. Fine. Cool. That This is modern Bono. In, in 1984, Bono for sure was a known quantity. U2, Boy, War, they had shit out. But they didn't. Was, Sunday Bloody Sunday had already come out. That right? had come out for sure. But what hadn't come out was the Joshua Tree. He was still a minor. He wasn't a big time yeah, yeah. rock. Joshua Tree is what puts him on the map. Right was was a he wasn't a big time rock superstar. And meanwhile, he gets the big fucking growl in this song, which is crazy. Phil Collins in a sweater vest. He looks like he's about to go shoot nine holes. Yeah. You know what's funny is every time someone pops on the screen and I don't know who they are, I assume they're in Spando Ballet. That's a good assumption. There's there's George. Boy, George. Spando Ballet. Paul Young. Here he comes. There's Siobhan. Oh, there's Cool. Jody Watley. I feel like Cool and the gang didn't realize they were there. They just showed it's up weird. and they're like, what, what, are, what are we doing? Their here? managers. Don't know any of these people. Their managers are just like, hey, there's going to be a bunch of white people. Just, just go hang out. Because you got you need to color up the studio. But yeah. like we we know you don't know anyone here. Well, they're also singing for black people. And there's exactly two black people in the group. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, though, as you're playing it. Yeah. starting to feel it a little bit. It's good, right? <laughs> I didn't know that I felt this. Yeah, way, it's kind of good. It's it's that driving beat, that driving bass, and it sounds cool. And by the way, uh, Ed had said something just in passing that um, we, we need to kind of cover. George, uh, George Michael, um, well, not only was he in Wham! during this time, and Wham! was, was a massive... Uh, 
uh, band at that time. They had what the uh, Careless Whisper song and all yeah. those other the, uh, the the jitterbug. You do the, the jitterbug. jitterbug and all that shit, right? So um, I believe I believe Wham, yeah. Go this on. guy does the uh, largest selling uh, first solo album ever. I, I want to say nobody has chased him down. Freedom? Is that what? Faith. Faith, faith was his, yep. faith was faith, the, the right. thing that just like it made him a world superstar. Huge. This guy gets uncomfortable with the fame and he starts to have it out with his record company. He tells the record company, uh, I'm going to make you a double album. One is love songs and the other one's going to be dance songs, which the record company wanted. This fucking guy had the balls to say, I'm going to do the album of love songs and never do the album of dance songs. Amazing. And he just went to the court and sued these guys for like five or six years. But then, but then he came out in the early nineties. My, my, my sister had his poster over her bed. So I like, I would like to point that out. To my her. friend, um, Kelly, you know, we were in like seventh grade and he had, two putts. he had no different Kelly. That's Telly Kelly. I know. I know. I know. No, I like that. Um, he had the George Kelly Michael poster putts. and he would like affect like a whole George Michael thing, like around town. And it was before we, you know, knew. knew. Yeah. It's like stuff wasn't that obvious to us back then. We didn't realize that these guys were trying to tell us but, something. Oh yeah, like but back to what you were saying originally is he's he's underrated but he's also he's also like you you feel like he never he never had as many hits as he should have. Totally. Totally agree. Like, the guy, yeah. the, the underrated, guy, underrated yeah. on what he accomplished, but he could have accomplished more. He was he was fucking talented. He was super whenever, talented. Whenever this happens, whenever an act takes uh, someone to court, whether it's uh, George Michael taking these guys to the court or uh, Pearl Jam taking uh, Ticketmaster or whatever, there seems to be like this. Uh, Prince. It, yeah, it's there seems to be this like gap Shit. that they lost. Like if they had been making music in that gap when they were hottest, we could have gotten a lot more hit songs. And by the totally. time he came out of that, he was almost like kind of forgotten about. He was, a, but an amazing act, and I, I, I recommend. I think on, I think Showtime did the documentary on him, um, or maybe maybe it was HBO. But find it and watch it; it's great. He Chuck, I, Ber- Chuck Berry when he got arrested for the bullshit racist charges that were really you know like moving a, a person across state lines. This or whatever, is this is was, before this is before he was arrested for the very legitimate charges of putting a camera in his restaurant toilet to watch girls pee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm just but making that, sure. That was the, that was yeah. the bitter. That was different. Bitter, uh, un, yeah. uh, out of cash, Chuck Berry. Right. But originally he was he was killing it, and then they said, "Oh, you you moved somebody across state lines," which it was it was just a, a rule to. Punish right. black people. I think was they got. Forward. I think they got Jack Johnson for that back in the day yes. too. Yeah, yeah. So they got they got him for that. But uh, while he was in jail for that, or while he was going through legal troubles for that, was the British invasion, and then he just became a nostalgia act, right? Because they were all doing his thing. They, they, they missed, right? They missed that. He missed out on that yes. that time where he could have been a bigger right. deal. Yeah. So that goes to Jason's point that there's like. You know, when you have legal issues, that just trips up your career. You get you get a small window. So was while we're on 
Christmas songs. We talked about uh, Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas After All. And now we're talking about George Michael. If we're talking Christmas songs. It's, it's my understanding that George Michael wrote this song and very magnanimously shared the songwriting credit with Andrew Ridgely. And Andrew Ridgely is, lives very comfortably, not unlike Jay Stu from his royalties from Gary Unmarried, lives very comfortably on the money he makes from this song but, right here. I, but I think that, I mean, if, if you look up George Michael last Christmas, you're not going to find it. It's, it's it's a wham song. It's a I wham song. He shared, yeah. he shared all those songs with right, that guy. Right, right. though he wrote all the songs too, didn't he? Yeah, even though it's that, you know, that's, bands go through that where they're like, hey, I write the songs. Right. I get the money from writing the songs, but sometimes they'll share in that. I just want to point out I googled last Christmas George Michael and it, it does pop up yeah. no 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 I'm saying if you I'm saying if you go to Spotify or uh, Amazon games no I get it um what are some other because I have a well, list the best, yeah the best, the best Christmas song of all time Dar- Darlene Love Baby Please Come Home to me that's the best okay let's google it or YouTube it, Darlene. Darlene, I, Darlene you, just, you just named a song that I have no idea. It, yeah. it doesn't ring a Chris, one. Christmas a baby, please come home. Oh, this is on the David Letterman show, which this, will be even better. It's a live yeah, this, version. This is the Phil Spector. This is the the greatest Christmas song of all. Yeah. I think I just read that there's a there was a bidding war to get Darlene Love to come on and sing this on. Um, two different networks Christmas shows and ABC uh, she I guess she's sung it on CBS for years and CBS didn't want to pay her so ABC is now paying her to come on Christmas night and sing this performing her holiday classic for us our good dear friend Darlene Love Now, if we were a bigger show, we wouldn't be allowed to play these songs because they catch you for that. I would be my, it would be my dream to get kicked off the internet for playing these songs. Oh, I know this jam. It's hot. It's yep. Yep. I've been watching the, um, I think it's called, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the John and Yoko documentary about the making of Imagine on Netflix. Oh, that, that, that's probably interesting. Highly recommend. I don't know how people know to have a fucking camera. It's the 60s. 70s. Hold on. Early 70s.
and they're rolling tape the whole time, and Phil Spector there is there, and he's fucking little, and he's in a wig, and he's wearing sunglasses and a suit in the middle of the summer, and everybody, everybody there that's recording is completely terrified of him, and John Lennon is writing these amazing songs, and then he's playing them live, and Yoko is just going, in the middle of his fucking song, and he's just fine with it. Even that Christmas song, she like is whispering in the beginning. Horrible. She's she's awful. Um, well, uh, that whole Phil uh, Spector Christmas album though is really good. Yeah. The Ronettes. Yeah. It, it's a great Christmas Amazing. album. Amazing. Didn't, Have you, uh, yeah. didn't Yoko convince Lennon to uh, save Imagine for his solo career? Like the, that was he was gonna uh, do it as a Beatles. Oh, song that could be true. The last album on Let It Be. That's not surprising. Uh, I I do like George Harrison, the songs that of his first solo album that was the you know number one album. Uh, those were all ones that like John Lennon told him, yeah, this is shit. We're not we're not <laughs> doing this. And it was like My Sweet Lord and all these all these like huge yeah, all, hits. All him. things must pass. It's arguably the greatest uh, post Beatles yeah. solo yeah, album. It, it is such a good album. It's amazing it's incredible and i listen to it all the time um i like this have you guys ever heard the song this is an atlanta band called the black lips christmas in baghdad i don't know this yeah you should you should put it on your mix um you can talk over it they're talking these guys are singing about being at war during christmas This is modern. Oh, this is modern. Yeah. You're blocked by poor George. Christmas and Baghdad can be such a drag. Don't want to come home and body back. No cameras, no cheers. What about another classic? The Beach Boys, Little St. Nick. Ed, I feel like you might have a problem with the song because you don't like the uh, Beach Boys. I, it, it's actually, uh, it's the, it might be the only Beach Boys song on my phone. There's a nostalgic aspect to the song. That it's I amazing. Ed, you're gonna I say? say I would say uh, of of more and when when I say modern at this point modern is just inside of like 50 years. Yep. Um. Uh, Father Christmas by the Kings. Amazing. A, a terrific song. On so my list, and I and I see that um, Twitter friend of mine from the great Boston band Letters to Cleo, K. Hanley. They have recorded a cover of 
Father Christmas this year. Okay. I don't have it handy to me, but I have the Kinks version, Great. and it's one Great. of, if not the all-time greatest Christmas song, Father Christmas by the Kinks. Kinks, for one of the great rock and roll bands of all time, for for the guys that are the, the guys that are credited with inventing distortion. Underrated. Underrated. I mean, come on. Amazing. Fairy Tale of New York. My all time favorite Christmas song. Shane McGowan, The Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York, because it's, you can identify with it, you know? It's a, we've all been in this position. Tell me a time this hasn't been your story. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. It's one of those Christmas songs that, you know, one of those random Christmas songs where they rhyme maggot and faggot. Yeah. That's a usual Christmas song. Also, didn't know this till this moment, Matt Dillon plays the cop in the video. Really? Yeah. I like how Shane McGowan has to pretend he has to act drunk in the drunk tank. (laughs) Yeah. And also, they're not—they're not Irish. They're from London. Oh, are they? I, I, yeah, I looked it up. Like they're from King's Cross, London. Oh. Like they're not, like right in the middle of London. It's yeah. weird that they have this yeah, expectation the way they do the Irish music. They're not Irish. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they're they probably, Irish descent. They probably, they're, 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 they're London Irish roots. We got to get to the chorus before I quit this. I like in the video You gotta watch the video It's not It's not Nothing that spectacular About the video Except that the whole band Has ashtrays going And they all (laughs) Literally everyone In the band Has a cigarette (laughs) Next to them I never, I never realized how much I like that song. It's a, now. it's great, right? It's a great song. Great song. Now, the uh, if you can if you can cue this one up, yeah, because it's 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 becoming my favorite song, um, out of protest. Um, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson redid <laughs> this song in the last year or so, and it's it's just such a a uh, politically correct version of a song that is fairly harmless 
and the right. original the hey, original just, baby is cold let's, outside. Let's, yeah, let's fuck. That's all it is. It's not. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you down. It's just it's, let's fuck. It's cold outside. Can, can I can I say something uh, political here? Like, uh, what, does that mean you're what, not going to tweet about it? Whatever happened uh, to uh, the the uh, art of seduction? Like oh. it, it has it just ha, have, we, have we gotten to the point where we need to uh, we need to hand uh, each other like signed contracts before we agree to move forward and have intercourse? I like, heard something. I heard this, something about you need consent to change positions now. Hey, well, I'm gonna but, flip but you but over, maybe girl. It's cold outside is it's a it's a charming song. It's I I'm a sucker for a duet. I always like version. Yes, I always yeah, like it. Dean Martin, that's that's a, like all standards. That's a pretty solid Christmas album too. Dean Martin Fox. Oh, he certainly did. Yeah. But I've, but let me reemphasize. Over the last couple of years, I like this song even more. The original song due to them trying to bastardize it with a bunch of political correct shit. Um it's I'm trying to YouTube it right now, but it's like a Maybe YouTube took it oh. off because it's uh-huh. offensive. <laughs> uh-huh. This isn't Dean Martin, is it? No, it's from the it's from a movie. Yes. Well, there's a great there's a great part in uh, Elf where they sing. This. I mean, he's getting pretty forceful. Oh, he takes off her jacket. Your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful. What's your hurry? He took, takes off her hat. Listen to the fire. Okay, this so really sounds a little bit aggressive. It's kind of rapey. Well, maybe he won't let her leave. But this sounds a little doing it smooth. Yeah. Hold on. Let's find the Dean Martin version. Maybe it's cold outside. Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Fi- oh, here we go. Oh, Dean Martin and Doris Day. Come on. Yeah, this is this is about fucking. Yeah. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. Got to go but baby, it's cold outside. This has been hoping that you drop so in. I'll hold your hands, they're just like ice. Beautiful hands. I'll, I'll bind your hands. Listen to the fireplace <laughs> roar. <laughs> I'll go BTK you, on you. <laughs> Put some records on while I pour. Baby, it's bad. It's out playful. There. It's playful. No cares to be had. Yeah, he's not actually doing a rape. Your eyes are like starlight now. Also, so, Dean Martin, come on. I mean, he he could get anything he wants. Let me. Uh, let, could I? Could I quote Deanna Martin? Hello. Yeah. Deanna Martin. Dean Martin. Are, you, are we playing another Christmas song? No, we're just talking here, buddy. We're having a conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so to quote Deanna Martin, who's the daughter of Dean Martin. Oh, uh-huh. She's a woman, by the way. She has a she's vagina. She's an actress. Yep. She says, I think what John Legend's done, he's stealing the thunder from Frank Wasser's song and from my dad. He should write his own song if he doesn't like this one. Don't change the lyrics. It's a classic. It's a perfect song. I kind of agree. That's a woman who says that. We don't need to be overly woke about things. Yeah. It's it's okay to just for a guy to be a little thirsty in a song. Yeah. Um, 
I got a, a semi-modern, probably also 45 years old. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight by the Ramones. That's oh. a good one. Hold on. That's what it's you like this, this song. This is the worst song. Yeah. Paul McCartney fell in love with synthesizers and cocaine. The is right. The spirit's up. So bad. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It really does suck. I got to be honest. Now, it's very, like, jilted. Stilted is the word I was looking for. Meanwhile, did Somebody the... just went crazy on the organ in that song. Like, yeah. somebody just went, went off on that. There's literally... What? The Ramones... Never did anything that wasn't fucking perfect. And everything was short. Yeah. It was just rock out for like two minutes and yeah. 40 seconds, yeah. and then you're done. Great. Oh, this song's fucking. Come on. I like the, in the video the uh, the dad has a yarmulke on. <laughs> this is later Ramones because Dee Dee. Oh, this might be the early eighties, right? Yeah, Dee Dee. Of Ram- course, Dee Dee Ramones Any, gone. Yeah, are the Ramones gonna do a fucking Christmas so- song or album if they're if they're not late in their careers right. in the need of money? Right. Um, well, hey, I feel like a lot of like, Christmas albums happened after the Tennis Man showed yeah. up. Yeah. Right, right. Like, like after April 15th, they're like, you know what? You're going to need to right. do a Christmas album this year. Like, Idea. I remember, uh, a, few, a few years ago, uh, oh, fuck. Um, who's I Want You to Want Me? The uh, uh, Oh, the uh, um, Cheap Trick. Yeah. They, they, Howard Stern was playing this. They do. I want you for Christmas. I know. Uh, neat. And it's like, that is a wow. tax man move right there. Like, it's 30 years after that song, and it's like, you know what? We're out of cash. We, we got to do something. So they just That's recorded a, that. This is a plot line in that movie, Love Actually, the Christmas song, where the, oh, right. rock, the old, old aging it, rock yeah. star changes hit the lyrics to his big song. Now, I tell you this, about I, I tell you about Love Actually. It's a fucking hard one to get through. Like I get why what? people like it. It's I, yeah. I, I I like it for you know the feel good Christmassy thing, but it's beyond problematic. We could do that one sometime. As a yeah, group. you're right. That talk about uh, rapey and like questionable. Oh. There's a couple things in it. Now, now, um, I don't even know if this is a Christmas song, but since it says the word Christmas in it, I'm going to put it in. You talk about a, a rocker, uh, not as good as the Ramones, but uh, Christy Hine wrote this song called Two Thousand Miles." Oh, great song. You play Two Thousand Miles," Brian. You got to and get to the part where she says "Christmas." So do you mean? Do you mean Christmas? Do you mean Two Thousand Miles" by the Pretenders? Do you mean Chrissy Hind? Did you say Christy? Because you said Christy Hind. No, it's Chrissy Brinkley. Right. Yeah. Jay Stu's drinking too. Oh boy, um, yeah, that is a great song. An underrated uh, band. 
Oh yeah. Pretenders are underrated. For like a rock and roll Hall of Fame, like everybody knows their songs band, you're right. Yeah. Pretenders underrated. are don't get the credit they deserve. It's all about Christy Hind, I think. Yep, Christy Hind. This was covered by uh, Coldplay, by the way. Oh, so an oh, even better version. Here we go. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. I, I will say this is, you know, I, I know we're, we're running long. Yeah. This song, I wouldn't say is classically good. Okay. But it's a fun romp through a lot of uh, traditional songs. Merry Motherfucking Christmas by Easy e Oh, I don't I don't think I know that one. <laughs> it's it's just it's a it's a mess of a song, but it. It was a lot of fun to get drunk and smoke weed too in college. Didn't uh, Run DMC did a, a did a oh, Christmas in the House is a classic. That's a yeah, jam. That's, that's a, a good jam. One. That's a jam. Great, great song. It's their it's their second most streamed song ever. Like if you go to uh, the Beach Boys who who did all of those amazing tunes, especially on Pet Sounds, their number one song streamed is their Christmas song. Yeah, these Little Saint Nick, which we played major earlier. cash on these. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that th- this song, I mean, the, the uh, Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC, yeah. that's their second most streamed song that's ever. A, that's a legitimately great song. It's great. That is great. Yes. I've never heard this song. It's so bad. It's so bad and so good. Oh, Oh, by the way, but but John Lennon has a problem with maybe it's cold outside. He doesn't have a problem with sucking my dick tomorrow day. (laughs) Did he say John Lennon? Yeah, he said John Lennon. Uh, Christy Hyde, John Lennon. Okay, I think we should wrap it up. What do you guys think? You guys 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 have anything to add? I think, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to all all of our listeners. We we love all of our listeners. <laughs> I this I feel like episode came out fantastic. It was a pleasure to do. I had so much fun. And um, how impressive were we? We took a song and did it in an hour and a half on it. We did part. well. So I thought we wouldn't. I'm like, we should talk about some other songs because we're never going to be able to talk about uh, Band-Aid for that long. And then yeah. we did. We talked about Band-Aid for an hour. We are legitimately great. Yeah. we And we could have gone another 45 minutes. I, I had to it? cut it short to talk about more songs. Yes. Amazing. We're great. The uh, greatest holiday song ever. Um, I encourage I, – I just have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are like – 
yeah, I know the song, but it's not that big a deal. Do me a favor, play it like three times in a row, and then tweet at us that you what don't is this, love it. Like Candyman. I've, I've I'm trying to solicit people like, for my song. Like Ed Daly hated it before we did this episode, and now he's into it. And I'll tell yeah. you what, if you if I didn't hate it, you I hated just, it. It was not like top. No, no, I, I didn't hate it, but it was not on my the top. And I'm I'm I really enjoyed it by the end of this process. There you go. Um, I so I was not that into it. I think I you know I thought it was okay, but when I watched it with the video, I was like, oh yeah, this shit is fucking fire. <laughs> so good, so many talented people. Uh, it was amazing. Speaking of talented people, I want to thank Ed Daly for three hundred episodes of this. The, this wow. man is this a. This is the three hundred. Yeah, this is three hundred episodes we've done. Ed Daly is a machine. He is the fucking backbone of what we do here. The guy has ideas coming out of his ideas. I just talk. Ed Daly comes up with the shit we're going to talk about, and I couldn't do without him. He is the man of the hour, every hour. And Jay Stu, always fucking great to have you. I can't wait to talk about The Bachelor. You are a unique persona. There is no he's one else like Ponzi. you. Yeah, he's yeah he's our Chuck Cunningham. Uh, and by the way, yep. uh, what, what, what an honor it is uh, to be on 300. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Um, I think people will want to listen to this episode more than they will want to watch the movie 300. Oh, yeah. With Gerard Butler. Never well, seen Jerry Butler. I mean, yeah, love looking at him. I love. I've never. I'll be honest. I've never seen Three Hundred, but I definitely have seen what? Angel. I've never. I've seen Angel Has Fallen, and I've seen. Well, that's that's way better. I've seen Den I've of seen Thieves. Three Hundred, and I remember there being a, like a big outpouring of love for Three Hundred, and I was like, that shitty movie. Wasn't it? But wasn't it all it, CGI? It was, it, no, it it looked, was it groundbreaking in that respect. It was groundbreaking in how it looked. Yes. It looked like a, sort of a comic book. It looked odd. Yeah, it's like it's like a CGI it looked, gladiator. It looked like Sin City. It looked like no, one of these like, out. weird kind of movies. I I'm out. I love Jerry but, Butler. But it had Jerry Butler. By the way, Brian. The woman was pretty hot, too. Yeah. Yes, Jason. It's, maybe maybe, maybe this will get you uh, – maybe this will get you to watch it. Cersei Lannister naked. In oh, I'd like to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Might have to get a Mr. Skin password for that. Uh, Jason Stewart, always incredible to have you on the show. Love having you on the regular show. Love doing, fun, love doing the Bachelor lifestyle with you. Coming up in just a couple of weeks, new oh, yeah. Bachelor season starting. We might, ha- might have to get Reality Steve on to discuss that. Uh, it's also for Fancy Sauce. Fancy Sauce is not here, but very big part of the show. Miss Fancy Sauce. Uh, next year, big things coming next year. For Ed Daly, for Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 300 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. It's amazing. We will see you next week. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS.
TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.